everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. My name is Morgan Zupanski and I'm going to be your host. I hope everyone's having a great summer. Today we are talking with Rusty Cloys. He lives in Austin, Texas. And this episode is going to talk about his career trajectory, me moving from stage management into being a technical director, into being a production manager, and then going into teaching stage management. We're going to talk about his experiences working at South by Southwest, going on tour, and of course, so much more. So let's just dive in. Great. And Rusty, uh, first, let's tell everybody what you are up to right now or how you're spending your time right now, whatever that means to you. Sure. Right now, I'm in Austin, Texas, and I my employment is with the University of Texas at Austin to run their stage management program, uh, which is great. That's primarily what I do. And then I also freelance a little bit around town um, when projects come up that can fit in, into my schedule. Um, and right now during the summer, uh, I have, I had applied for a research grant to shadow some event management companies, some of the different companies here in town, C3 that does, um, the Austin city limits music festival and South by, uh, that does South by Southwest. Um, and then I'm probably going to reach out to Dallas and Houston for a couple of event companies there. But the idea is to talk to, um, to bring that event management teaching into uh, the theater department because it's another opportunity for for my students um, and also for me. So that's that's what I'm up to right now. I love that. So what made you decide to use your research grant for that specifically? You, uh, Austin has so many festivals and it's a destination that people are coming to that are they're creating events, marketing events, all different sorts of stuff. And so that's really a large area of employment here in town. Um, and I want my students to be able to connect to that. A lot of them are excited about that. Uh, a lot of the students, I kind of did a test class last year uh, in event management and I had students from around the university they were interested in their different uh, ideas of what festivals or events might be and, and how to coordinate that and how to make that happen and so um, it's a real uh, employment opportunity here in town so if people want to stay in Austin uh, I think it's a great way to um, be a stage manager in town and, and um, supplement or, or be the main part of your employment. Yeah, there's actually, there's a lot going on in Austin these days, hey? Like, I feel like in the last few years, it's really kind of popped up with festivals and also just, like, immersive and yes. even film to a certain point. I just did, um, like, earlier in the year, I did an immersive corporate pop-up type thing uh, uh -huh. promoting the James Cameron movie, Alita Battle Angel, and I actually came to Austin, and I did. I trained the team that did the immersive pop-up in Austin for it. Wow. Um, and I had never been to Austin before, but it was really cute. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a sweet town. Um, it's a really good place to live. And, uh, and like you said, lots and lots of pop-up opportunities. Um, just all sorts of events are going on here, and people um, see it as a real opportunity for that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, while we're on the subject, let's just dive into this. Um, why don't we talk a little bit, 
about uh, the environment for stage managers in Austin. Obviously, there's lots of events popping up. But so if you're a stage manager and you're thinking about moving to Austin, is there a lot of theater? Is it mostly just events? Is there a lot of music festivals? Like what's kind of the work scale? Sure. Uh, there's a lot of, um, what do you call it, um, non-union stage management work, a lot of new work, a lot of developed stuff uh, that's happening, a lot of collaborative art that's going on all around town. So that's really exciting. If you're a young stage manager and you want to be a collaborative artist, you can definitely have a voice in whatever the, the art that's being produced. So there's a significant amount of that that happens in the town. There's not a lot of equity work. Um, and so it would be difficult for an equity stage manager to come here and make a living freelancing uh, as an equity stage manager. Um, there are kind of three companies in town, uh, Zach Scott, which does a lot of musicals, um, and they have just recently kind of transferred to a Lord D, I think is where they're at, so it's not a huge paycheck. Um, and then there's the Austin Playhouse, which has been around for a while, and they are breaking ground this year on a new theater. So that's very exciting. But again, it's not a um, large contract. And then there's um, a theater called the Mary Moody Theater that's connected to uh, St. Edward's University, which is another university in town. And they have equity contracts. And so they use equity stage managers um, under an ERDA contract. So uh, there's not a lot of union work. There's an awful lot of work as a young stage manager being a part of um, developing companies and creating new work and collaborating with dancers and photographers and musicians and all sorts of things like that. So it's a wonderful place to have an artistic input. Um, but it is a challenge to be a, a union stage manager and make your living doing that here in town. Um, the folks that are union are kind of connected with well, he's Bill's works for the ballet now, and he so it's not even equity, but he um, he's their full time stage manager, and then their the opera company tends to fly in their stage managers. So um, that's Austin tends to be a little bit more about the music. Um, it's not as much about the fine arts. Um, so does that give you kind of a picture? Lots of lots of work for for festivals and events. Um, there's some uh, um, performing arts centers, so you can work as a stage manager with those and just be on site for day of for those different events or the shows that are coming in. Uh, but not a huge um, employment opportunity for union stage managers. Totally. And do you feel like with the music stuff and, you know, the conferences, is there a lot of local hire opportunity or do you feel like they fly in as much as they hire locally? It's mostly, um, hmm, that's a good question. There's a lot of local hire. So that depends on the company that's totally. doing the job, right? So if it's a national company that's coming to Austin, they're going to bring their own people and then they will additionally hire folks here in town. But if, uh, yeah. So if it's if it's a particular like if it's an event company coming from another town or a marketing company coming from another town, they're most likely they tend to bring their own lead um, and then hire locals to, to fill out the, the need, the labor need. Absolutely. That makes total sense. Uh, right. So 
let's uh, let's go back to the beginning and just talk through your timeline. How did you get started as a stage manager? And then let's just talk through your trajectory to get to you where you are today. Sure. I did not expect to be teaching quite so soon in my life. But so I um, started stage managing in college. It was something that my professors thought it might be a good idea for me to try. And um, turns out I was a better stage manager than an actor, which I think a number of us find out somewhere along the line. Um, and so uh, I started stage managing and assistant directing in college, um, got hired as a stage manager right out of college, uh, then got an internship with Seattle Rep for their season, and that took me out to the West Coast, um, which was a great opportunity. Um, and that led to word of mouth, and then I just kept working in Seattle, and I ended up uh, on the off-season working on a show with these jugglers called the Flying Care Muscle Brothers, and then that took me out on the road um, off and on for about six years. Um, so I'd come in and I'd freelance it or either Seattle Children's Theater or Intamon or the Village Theater, the various um, houses in the Seattle area. And then half the year I'd be out on the road somewhere around the country uh, with these comedic jugglers, um, which was a lot of fun. And uh, so that happened for a long time. Um, got to a place where uh, some personal things changed in my life in Seattle after I'd been there for 10 years and needed a change um, and kind of wanted to give up on stage managing. Left for a little while uh, and ended up down here in Austin and working at the University of Texas using my management skills uh, running an office and how uh, I realized after about two weeks how boring that was. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Caramazzo brothers called me up a couple months into that job and asked if I wanted to go back on tour, and I said, yes, please, as soon as possible, and went back out on tour, um, and then that just led me, well, it made me realize that I did enjoy entertainment life, um, so I did that. I applied to graduate schools um, because I had been a, a stage manager throughout, um, but I was looking into possibly getting a longer-range uh, job. Um, I wanted to look towards production management, so I applied to some technical directing programs to get that knowledge and combine that with my stage management um, experience, put those together to be a production manager. Seemed like a good idea to me. Um, so I ended up going to UT Austin in their technical directing program. Um, that took me three years. Uh, this was in my mid-30s. And then I went out to Atlanta and was an assistant production manager for the Fox Theater, which is a roadhouse, like a no, about a 4,000 seat roadhouse out there. Um, and I had a good time doing that, realized that presenting was not uh, where I wanted to be. I wanted to be back into production and uh, producing houses. So um, an associate production manager job came up at ART up in Boston. And I went up there and I had really had a great time up there and would have stayed up there. Um, and, except that my chair here, from Austin called me up and asked if I wanted to, if I would be willing to fill in for a year for one of my former teachers, because um, he left rather quickly. And so I talked it over with my production manager up at ART, and she had been a teacher before, and she thought it would be a really good opportunity. And, and so I said yes. 
and came down here, and that was about ooh, 13 years ago. So I started teaching a lot, like I said, a lot sooner than I expected. Um, and that was that was as a technical directing teacher, teaching those skills, teaching a graduate program. Um, and then things changed around here, and I got the opportunity to take over the stage management program, which is uh, strictly undergraduates. But um, I really reveled in it. It was great to be teaching stage managers again and being uh, being in that world and working with these young people and helping them find their way. Um, and so I've been doing that for about six years now, just teaching the stage managers. And then I, like I said, I freelance occasionally. Um, I pick up a often will stage manager for South by Southwest uh, during those when they're producing in March. Um, but then I usually will stage manage, pick up takeover jobs at the Zach Theater uh, just because of my timeline when I'm mentoring the students at UT. I don't have a lot of time. Uh, evenings and weekends free to uh, stage manage a full show, which is that's another part about being here in Austin is there's not kind of a professional schedule as much. People tend to have regular jobs and then rehearse in the evenings and weekends. Um, yeah, it's just not a big theater town as far as um, union work. Sorry, I came back to that. But anyway, so that's what's been going on. I've been here for a while. Um, I enjoy going to Zach, calling some musicals every now and then, and supervising my students, and they um, do an amazing job, and occasionally I get asked to do other gigs. Um, yeah, that's and then that's where I've got to. Now I've got a family, I've got two boys, and live in Austin, Texas, and make a living being a teacher. Wow, so uh, so many questions for you out of that. Okay. Uh, first of all, I think I think it's really great that you, uh, whether or not like you necessarily verbalized it, but I think it's really great that like big picture, you were kind of like I don't know that the freelance thing is for me, but I really like this thing that I'm working in, and then you kind of like figured out how to build a career doing it in a way that suited you. I think that's really impressive. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's something we've talked a little bit about in other episodes about like so many people have burnout these days or, you know, they start freelancing if they're new stage managers and then they're kind of like shell shock, like, oh, there's no stability here. I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, some people get into the groove of it and they really like being freelance. And some people are like, no, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to figure out what's right for you. Right. No, definitely. I've got students right now. And part of the reason that, um, I am pursuing more to get more connections with the event world is because students want to do that. They like that freelance style and doing the, doing the day of or the, the week of and, and making things happen and then moving on to the next project. And they're very excited about that. And I like, totally understand that. Um, but on the other side, I've also been pushing for less nights of rehearsal at school so that students can be students and we're not rehearsing six days a week and we only do five days a week and so that they actually get a day off on the weekend and things like that. So, um, sorry, yes, both sides. As far as burnout goes, um, you got to watch out for that. Uh, it certainly happens when you're working six days a week as far as in the theater schedule um, forever. Like if that's your regular schedule, right? Yeah. Um, it it can get to you. Um, there's a lot of studies right now out there, a lot of research about 
how much time you actually are working versus you know, as far as how much you actually get done and how long you can continue doing that, right? And where's the where's the point of, of reduction of production? That's not quite the right word, but it's a reducing of your ability to output, um, loss of return, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I really like that you were looking at your students' schedules and you're trying to reduce evening rehearsals so they actually get a day off. I know, like, for me, I you know, from the second I started stage managing, I wanted to hit the ground running and go as hard as I could and get as much experience as fast as I could. But also I definitely like hit a couple walls in my time where I was like, wow, I have worked 70 hour weeks for the past two years without a single day off because on my days off I would shadow or take a one day job because it was like now or never. And then I suddenly realized I have no friends. I have no social life. I'm tired. I am not eating properly. I haven't slept in weeks. Like things are it's bad. True. It's absolutely <laughs> true. And somewhere, you know, that's not going to feed you. And you've got to come up with some sort of release or balance or something to make that, um, to make that okay. Doing it, like you said, for two years straight is, is hard to keep up. Yeah, well, and I like that you have kind of, you're trying to build that into your students' schedules to teach them that while, that you know what I mean, while they're getting used to and starting their career, you're teaching it at the very beginning so they kind of hopefully will just build it into how they choose to live their work lives a little bit, which I think is so smart. We're trying, you know, you're absolutely right when you're a young stage manager and you're out there and you're hungry and you want to do everything and you, you want to learn and go as fast as you can. Um, you know, I can present these as options and they're still going to do other gigs on their time off, which is what happens, but at least they're thinking about it. Right. That is the hope is like, this is important that you realize that you do need some downtime. Me and another colleague that used to work here, we talked about, we talked to our students about kind of a 10 year, um, point where a lot of stage managers get to that point and then they get burned out and they have to make a change and they have to go do something and then they all go off and do some corporate thing or they um, find another employment that isn't as intense um, and then we often come back to theater but but there is a burnout period when you're stage managing like I said six days a week um, and that one day off you often are picking up something else. Yeah, I, I think that that is so true. I definitely see kind of like arcs and different phases in stage managers' careers where, you know, you always see they kind of hit a point after they've been doing it for a while where they're kind of like, I'm going to shift gears and it's either because they're burnt out or they're just bored or right. they're looking they're looking for something that they currently aren't getting out of what they've been doing for the last amount of time. want to know what it was like for you to shift from stage management into being a technical director and production manager because I know there's probably a lot of stage managers out there who are in one of these moments that we're talking about and are thinking about changing into a PM or TD role but maybe aren't sure if they're qualified or what they need to know or how it'll shift from what they do as a stage manager. Sure. Um being a TD now, things have gotten really, um, pretty significantly technical on on the shows. So, um, 
it does take a lot of study, I would say, um, to shift into being a, a technical director on a show. Um, certainly it depends on what sh- kind of show or what size show you're talking about. But things are getting really um, pre-engineered. And so if you want to step into that, I would say you've got to um, uh, apprentice somewhere or go into a training program if you wanted to switch over to be in a TD. It's um, things things are heavier and with all the automation and there's a lot of stuff that goes into um, a lot of things that make it uh, inherently less safe than it used to be. Um, people can get hurt so many more ways, and that's one of the uh, big areas of training with being a TD is that you're making sure that everything is safe. Um, it can be rewarding. Um, it's less, it's great working with designers and figuring out how to create whatever they're envisioning. So that's rewarding. Um, you're not in the rehearsal room, which is a stage manager. That's a great place for me to be. And, and, things are being developed and people are finding their voice or finding their character or the directors making magic happen. And so I did miss that. Um, but I, but I, for me, I like to problem solve and being a TD, that's what you do. It's a, a big part of it. Um, so it, shifting into a TD, I think you would have to have a technical mind and be focused in that direction. Um, this is, as, I guess, for a building TD or a uh, manufacturing type TD, because certainly there are TDs that um, that are a lot more management-based um, and really act as, I would say, as a production manager, making sure all your different shops are working um, and everybody's making their, their deadlines and staying in budget and all that sort of stuff. And that can be a TD role, um, which for me is more like a production manager. And I think that as a stage manager, if you talk to different production managers, and, and I would as I was looking into um, going in that direction, uh, a lot of production managers come from either being a stage manager or a technical director. Um, my one up in, at um, the American Repertory Theater, she was a prop master, which was great. She had a really uh, wonderful, broad mind to think about how to address um, challenges as they came up, which was really neat. But a lot of times, the production managers will come from either a technical director or a stage management background, and it totally fits with both of those um, areas of knowledge. Uh, as a stage manager going in, it's great to go from thinking about one show to thinking about an entire season or two seasons um, and how all of the different pieces fit together. And, and even more so, uh, as a stage manager, you should talk to all the different departments and you talk to your director. And uh, you do the same thing as a production manager. It's just across the organization. And then it's across organizations when you're co-producing and things like that. And that's, for me, that was exciting. I, I like thinking about the big picture and, and long range and, um, and having all of those people come together. So uh, I think that as a stage manager, it's pretty natural to go into uh, being a production manager. There is a lot more technical elements that you have to talk about as a production manager and talk to the different technical teams. And if that's, if you wanted to go in that direction as a stage manager, I would say uh, make sure that you kind of um, study up on the different areas or what's, what's happening now. Um, depending on what company you're going to work for. Uh, but the neat thing about being a production manager is it's just you're looking at a larger picture, um, and that was definitely rewarding for me. I enjoyed um, 
But I also enjoyed opportunities to give people work and, and, and make sure that good people were being employed. Um, and that was, you had more control over that than certainly as a stage manager. Um, and I always like to work with good people and most of us do. And so being able to, to make those decisions, uh, is, is another rewarding aspect. Um, the negative part or one of the negative parts is you've got to make sometimes the, the no comes from you, right? You have to say, no, this is not possible. Or, no, we're not going to head in this direction. And that's not usually what you say as a stage manager. Um, it's, it's more often that the production manager will make those calls um, after talking to the, to the producer. So does that give you some idea? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, I know that like for some people, they're worried about not having the right uh, – hard skills, like knowing how to do a budget or knowing how to fire somebody or like whatever that is. And I guess like my initial thought whenever I hear that is always just, well, you're going in most like 99% of the time you're going into an institution that already has protocols and previous budgets in place. So you're adopting something and then you can adjust it. But like there is guidance there, but I'd love if you could kind of add on to that and tell us what you think about it. Well, I, I would encourage anybody to take an accounting class uh, if they're going to be a production manager. So actually understand how to track all the money and um, allocate things. I think that's really, really beneficial. So uh, if you haven't had that training or, or um, kind of been an assistant or something like that, uh, it, that's really useful. Um, it'll just give you a foundation to understand how things work. Um, but the reality is you're right. There's... Uh, there's going to be a system you're going to go in and you're going to figure out, you're going to learn what their system is and then you're going to apply it and then you'll tweak it to however, what makes more sense to you. Um, but you can go in and you can be taught their system. You don't necessarily, you don't have to know how to handle all of that uh, or budget everything from the get go. Uh, this does depend on, like you said, what kind of company you go into. If you're, um, as stage manager that's been working for a small company and then they ask you to be their production manager. And if they don't have any of those protocols or policies set up, um, you're going to have to develop them. And again, I would suggest taking an accounting class, um, to get you, uh, a foundation to work with and understand how to track all the numbers. Um, the hard skills, those, those other, the firing people, making sure information is disseminated properly, uh, you know, running meetings, all of that sort of stuff, stuff that we do as stage managers, um, with the exception of maybe the firing. It's, that, again, depending on the size of the company, there's human relations people that can you can talk to and make sure that you're, because a situation like here at the university, we have to meet certain criteria, right? We have to go through this checklist of everything we do when we hire or fire, all that sort of stuff, and chances are, uh, any larger company, mid-sized or large company you're working with, is going to have the same kind of thing. So you don't have to know that going in. Um, having some experience, being an assistant, uh, working with somebody prior to that will be beneficial. So uh, I think another thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was South by Southwest, just as yeah. like big picture. I, I think it's really cool that you stage manage for South by Southwest. And I would just love to know, uh, what that looks like for you. What is your schedule us- usually like? What specifically do you stage manage at that event? 
uh, whatever you think would be interesting to talk about. Sure. Um, I've stage managed their big outdoor um, stage, which um, can like uh, this was a number of years ago, but like Ice Cube and uh, was on my stage, and we almost had um, oh gosh, what's the heavy metal group? Um, not Blue Oyster Cult, but anyway, some some bigger artists come on that stage and so there's there's a little bit more um uh hand holding or not it's not true you've got to have a further conversation because they're used to getting so many things for them and south by is really almost a volunteer run operation um maybe not volunteer but volunteer supported not volunteer run and so it's a festival and people get a tent for their hospitality and they um, share it with all the other acts that are on the stage. And, and so my job as a stage manager is to um, advance everything. So if I get the call, it could be anywhere from sometime in the fall. If I get a call and say, hey, you want to do this? Um, and... Uh, Schedules are still being made, and so somewhere along the lines, South by is always in March. Um, you know, by November, I start making phone calls to the different acts, the different bands, and I usually have some sort of contact information either there. It could be anywhere from a manager to a road manager to the tour manager or to the guy in the band who handles that or the girl in the band who handles that. And um, and I talk through with them and find out what their input list. So it's all about sound and timing really it's about gear sound and time so making sure that we um get everything we need to hand off to our sound engineers um make sure we know when they're going to show up how their stage is going to look and then uh, trying to get all that advanced information and south by is all over this town um i guess mostly downtown ish and um but it's in so many different venues and and acts that come in will play four different venues at least usually then some parties and all sorts of stuff. So they're traveling all over the place trying to get as much exposure because that's what it's all about for them. Um, and you just have to look after your stage and make sure your act is clear about when, how they're going to get there, directions, um, what kind of gear they're bringing. We provide backline stuff, but different musicians, you know, like to play their own instruments, but also some of them are flying in. Um, and uh, so it's a lot of advanced work, just making sure all of your different bands on your stage are clear about when they're showing up, then making sure when they get there, if they do a sound check or a line check, depending on when they are, where they are in the schedule, that we get that going. And then the big thing from our sound or from South Bay uh, producers, they want us to make sure the shows happen and they happen on time. Um, and gosh, I don't even know how many different stages they have, but there's uh, a significant amount of stages, um, 40 or 50 probably at every day, right? Wow, and so yeah. different people are um, looking at the schedule, trying to go to different, different, see different acts. And so you want to make sure things are running on time. And then, um, so that's, that's our big job. So day of, you know, it's making sure your band gets there. Uh, they do a sound check, they stow their gear, and you, you line all that stuff up so that. Uh, you're ready to go, and you can do a changeover in 15 or 20 minutes. That's the other hard part about doing festivals is that changeovers are really quick. Um, so you have to make sure that uh, you have all the correct information um, for your your audio guys, and they get it all uh, set up 
ahead of time. So you do a change every 15 minutes and you start the band and then you always have to cut off the band and especially the last band of the night. Um, with outdoor venues, uh, there's sound ordinances. And so that's always a little tricky. Most of the time, they get it. And you just say, you have five minutes or 10 minutes, one song, two songs, and they'll they'll stop whenever you tell them to stop. Occasionally, they get um, resistant to that, and, and you have to make the call to, to turn the sound off. Um, but that doesn't happen a lot. Um, it has gotten uh, more clear the last say five years with companies being fined. So um, like South Bike being fined. Um, and so we need to make sure that we cut things off in the outdoor venues. Um, that's a lot of what it's about. It's bouncing the show and then being there and, and making things, sure things stay on schedule. So um, um, how much of it is uh, you and your crew doing the, the resets in between each act and the bands coming in? Like, do they bring their own crew or their own stage managers with them ever? No. Uh, it's Sometimes they have a, a, a tour manager or road manager, and you'll have had all the conversation with them, and but they're not going to bring their own crew. Um, even the, the bigger acts, they've got... Um, they might have a guitar tech or a drum tech doing their setup. Um, and then their tour manager, but it's, they, they are still on a festival schedule. And so it's, they understand that generally. I mean, you, you make it clear to them. Right. So, I mean, you, you are no, like, so either I'm working with volunteers or on the larger venues, I usually get an IOTC crew. Um, but they only, we shift things with permission of musicians, right? We don't touch their, their instruments if we don't, if they don't want us to. Um, and the, then you rely a lot on your sound engineers, but your A2s, your on deck people, your monitor guy, person, and then your uh, front of house mixer, right? So a lot of times they will bring their own front of house engineer. And so that person will step into the sound console at the front of the house, wherever that is um, for your venue and will run their show sound wise. But um, I supervise the onstage changeovers so with musicians. So the musicians will be doing their thing, and then I either direct the IFC people or the, the volunteers to move or shift or help the musicians. Um, it's pretty uh, – it's a little loose, I guess I would say, yeah. those transitions. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoy um, – getting to talk to some of the artists and interact with them in a way that, that you would not normally probably. Um, uh, so that's always, I've always enjoyed it. I enjoy music. And so it's just fun to, to listen to all different kinds, actually. I mean, um, yeah, from different rap artists to Emily Harris to, you know, just anything in between. Um, so it's a lot of fun. I also worked indoors. They had a, a day stage, which just because my schedule it works better. So I've been doing that. And that's a lot of uh, what happens is public radio stations around the country will get blocks of time and they will uh, schedule, they'll book different bands um, from kind of their areas, their regions to come and play. And that's a lot of fun because um, you get some really interesting music and some world music. And, um, and then, and those are also live broadcast a lot of times, or at least they're, and or taped to be broadcast later. And so that's a lot of fun uh, working with uh, the different radio stations. 
So that's just another element that you kind of tie in. And, and again, that's syncing up time and making sure things happen on time. And um, it comes down to making sure things happen on time. But I do have fun with both the younger, uh, smaller bands and then the, the folks that have been out there doing this for a long time, um, which come and they show up with a guitar and they play. And it's, it's just more generally a more relaxed atmosphere. kind of depends on which venue I'm in. Um, I love I love that South by Southwest in general is just such this it's a giant festival and as a stage manager you can get hired to do so many different things at festivals like that I feel yep. like you know it used to be you're doing an industrial and now it's we're doing corporate events but people tend to generalize and want to make those terms more specific and I feel like it's really tricky because you could be talking about doing something like this or you could be talking about stage managing a rollout and a conference with like a big exactly. wall. You know what I mean? It's very versatile. And I think that that is so fun. That's, that's what I enjoy so much about it. I would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and so many uh, companies are, are, are showcasing different products right now at South by and, um, and the different festivals that we have, but South by in particular, it's definitely a place to uh, showcase from films to, products to uh, all the different interactive media um, and that's become a huge part of South by now and so yeah absolutely there's a lot of corporates doing their own thing and it could be those events could be anything from having music to light shows to you know full-on dance parties or whatever it might be yeah well and like last year I was looking at the list because I was I wasn't in Austin for South by Southwest but the immersive thing I was doing for Alita Battle Angel was definitely a part of South by Southwest and we were getting ready for it. Um, and there was so much happening. There were movie premieres, there were all of these live hosting things, there was concerts, there were rollouts, there were different um, leadership speakers, there's so much going on. Without a doubt. No, it's a lot of fun. someone that's really interested in working um i guess like the question should really be if you're interested in working at south by southwest what should you do to kind of get your foot in the door but then also like if you're interested in working with uh, music groups and touring because you've done a lot of that uh, what advice would you have so first uh, i would let everybody know that south by southwest is primarily a volunteer labor force <laughs> so i would get paid because i looked after the larger venues um but it was still not a lot of money it wasn't it was it was getting paid and then getting a platinum badge right so that i could do anything i wanted on my time off right um so it's not a money-making deal if you're working for south by proper now if you're working for some of the other um corporations that are that are showcasing their product or they're rolling something out that may be different. Um, but South by itself is a volunteer, um, job. And so as a stage manager, the large, the majority of the stage managers are volunteers and they get a badge and that's it. And they do their job. And so there's, uh, what they call, they have a volunteer call. Uh, they have two of them in January 
and you have to show up and you go and watch these videos and it's information and then you go to a table and they have tables from all for all of the different volunteering opportunities for South by. So that's how you do it as a local. Uh, I believe there is a way to apply as a volunteer for if you're outside of Austin. Um, but getting your foot in the door is volunteering, to be honest. Um, there are internships with South by in the different areas, in all of the different areas. Um, and you could certainly apply to be an intern. Um, a number of my students now have done that and have done very well and have loved that process. And that's usually about a three-month commitment. Um, so anybody here in Austin, you, you want to be here, and you could do that. Um, December, January, February, March, I guess four months. Um, and so those would be the places to get started. Um, if you wanted to... If you work in the music industry or you want to work in the music industry, sure, come down to South by and get involved and understand how people are loaded in, load out, and what's important for them as far as uh, sound goes. Um, but I would also encourage you to try to get jobs at venues um, to understand um, you know bands that are coming in and out and understand that information as well. All the different uh, information, say as a as a venue production manager that you have to deal with or as a, uh, yeah, just all the things that are important to a band, um, learn that way. And then, um, yeah, I mean, my first tour gig was cause I worked with a company that happened to be in the theater and they called me up and asked if I want to go on tour. And so I climbed on the bus and went with them. Um, it, and that, that happens. Um, so I would say get yourself into the space where they are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about tour life for a minute, because I don't think I've really talked about that on any of my other episodes. Uh, what was that like for you, especially because you mentioned a bus tour? Right. Yeah, what's that uh, like? So, mine was a little different. It wasn't your standard musical tour. Um, it was uh, these guys that were, you could say, vaudeville-esque, that kind of type of performance. They were jugglers, like I said, and musicians and comedians. Um, they had their heyday in the 70s and they were on broadway and anyway they did their thing and um but they were still touring and so they would come to one of they were based in the pacific northwest and they would come to the theater where i was working to to workshop their next show and they would present it there before they take it on the road um and it was one bus one truck like a box truck not a big semi and um a small crew, about four of us, and there were four performers, um, maybe four or five crew, I guess, and four performers, and then we would all drive on the bus and or drive the truck, and so my first gig was as their props person and truck driver, and then I kind of graduated up to being a, a TD and um, making sure the set went together, and um, then as their stage manager and bus driver, and then just as their stage manager slash tour manager um so for me i was in my 20s and it was great i got to drive all over the country and um have a good time and go to different theaters from west point which actually has a very nice venue to uh taking them into new york or down to you know in places in louisiana all over the place like from colleges college venues to regular roadhouses to performing arts centers all that kind of stuff um 
it was great. It was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a great time. Um, you work. We were doing a lot of one nighters, which is also different than a lot of the musical uh, Broadway tours that go. They tend to have sit downs for about a week, so one nighters can get a little tiring. But um, but we didn't have a huge, huge, complicated show, depending on what show we did. Um, so it was fun. It was fun to drive, get up, be at the venue at say eight or nine in the morning, start loading in, and you know start doing your lighting focus after lunch. Get your lighting focus done and all your light cues in, have dinner, and then go do a show. And then tear it all down and, and either drive to the hotel or drive to the next venue or next town. That was my life for a while. So I would do that usually two tours a year, which was anywhere from four to six months, depending on how long the tours were. Off and on for about six years. And then I'd go back to Seattle and I'd stage manage kind of more traditional theater um, in between the tours. Um, it was fun. There's this new kind of fad that's coming up. Um, a lot of like YouTubers and people that have gotten famous online doing different videos for Snapchat or Instagram are doing a lot of like two mini tours essentially. And they are. They totally are. They're doing live shows. Yeah. They're doing it's... a lot of that, and it's a similar schedule to what you're talking about, right? Like, and it's it's not a big show because a lot of it is just it's um, all digital, and it'll be like an LED right. wall, or it'll be like projections and they'll just kind of show up hmm. like their bag of props and they'll do this yeah. one hour one person show or whatever but it's similar to this right like it there it'll look like there's lots of money but actually it'll be a, it'll be a bus tour and it'll be five of you going right. town to town take a lot to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they sell well i mean these personalities do. are Absolutely. doing great oh yeah well and like you see all the netflix specials that come out it's because they were on the road for a year <laughs> Uh, but it, it seems to be a new fad, and it seems to be a good way to make money, actually. I have a couple friends that are doing it right now, like, for different people, and they're like, yes, it's really rough, and but it's kind of it's kind of like what people say about going to Las Vegas a little bit. Like, you go, you do it for a year, you make some money, and then you come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely make some money. It's And it's, I would say it's... I don't know if I'd want to do it now in my life, but I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, me and the three or four other crew members, we were all about the same age and we were just having a blast. Um, you get tired and you get a little stressed out occasionally, but um, it's a great way to learn and build confidence as a manager because you're, it's not a lot of stuff, right? So it's not huge. Like you said, it's not too expensive to produce. Um, so you can put it up, you can make it happen each night, and the pressure isn't as isn't huge um, because it's not as hard to get it together, right? It's mostly the focus is on this one person and their video clips or however whatever they're they're doing. Um, it's a little bit easier, so it's a great way as a younger stage manager to go out there and get some experience with different uh, crews, you know, different IOC crews across the country, different venues, understanding um, how different people work. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, a great experience, a great learning experience, and yeah, you do make some cash and you can put it away, which is good. Which is always good. Always uh, good. Um, so my last question for you, um, big picture. What advice would you give to your younger stage manager self? I, I give this advice to my students, um, but I think 
you should really think about where you're going in your early job choices. Um, what I mean is where you want to be in 10 years or so. Um, and I mean that regionally, location-wise, because if you want to get into films, um, I would say go to a town that does film work. Don't go and take a job um, in, in a city that isn't known for that, um, you know, out of college or early in your career, because so much of what we do is word of mouth, and uh, so much of our hiring and, and getting uh, employment is word of mouth. And so when you work in a certain area with a certain um, group of people, those people know similar people, right? So it's hard to, it can be hard to shift gears into another part of the industry. So um, my life has kind of been all over the place and I'm happy where I'm at, but I would never have expected to be here. Um, So I guess my advice would be think about where you really want to be in 10 or 15 years and try to make your early jobs um, head towards that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that advice. And I really like this idea that uh, it's kind of like giving yourself power a little bit when, you know, like so much of freelancing is applying for jobs and sending your resume Uh out and hoping somebody Uh hires you. But I like the idea that you can kind of um, have some control in it and intention behind it by choosing where you're applying and what you're looking, you know what I mean? I think it's important to have a plan and it will only help you. And I think it's so smart to think not only about where do I want to be for the next six months, but also like, what am I trying to work towards? Not just to get any job because yes, that's important, but like any job might lead you down a path you really don't like. Exactly. And then you're going to, then you can get a little stuck once you start having other responsibilities. So you want to make sure that it's a direction you, you want to go in. And I think starting from the beginning, yes, you've got to make a living. Yes, you've got to pay your bills. So you take a lot of different jobs, but putting yourself in a place that can lead towards where you want is important. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today, Rusty. Absolutely. It was very much a pleasure. Thanks, Morgan. Well, that concludes another episode of Hashtag FM Life. Uh, By now you know the drill, but just in case, a few things before you go. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Rusty Cloys and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon.